Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. We've been talking about building an unshakable life. Last Sunday morning, we just spoke about the difference between Jesus being our Saviour and our Lord. Huge difference when you think about it. I'm going to preach a lot longer if you don't start giving me a few amens along the way. And, you know, too many believers today see Jesus as their Saviour, but not so much see Him as their Lord. And we looked last week at that word Lord there that had words like Master, Commander, uh, someone that was pretty much in control, uh, wanting to encourage us and lead us in the direction for our lives. And we saw last weekend that if we're going to build an unshakable life, an unshakable lifestyle, then we've got to get to the point where we make Jesus not just our Savior, but we make Him our Master. We make Him our Lord as well. And this morning we want to continue along that line and look at, look at what it means to establish an unshakable direction. And we're going to be talking this morning about the place of repentance in our lives. And every time I say repentance this morning, I'm going to, I'm going to smile on my face. All right, Alex, if I don't smile, you just put your hand up or something like that. But we're going to look at this morning at the place of repentance in our lives and how important it is to understand repentance as one of the foundations that I believe will help to build an unshakable life. And have a look at this verse scripture that we've been looking at from um, day one. These are our foundational uh, scriptures. Next screen if we have it, Leo. We're not, yep, there we go. It says this, Why do you call me Lord, Lord Jesus speaking, and do not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been built well. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately fell and the ruin of that house was great. And this parable here is really just Jesus painting a picture of what our lives are like. Uh, There are people that build their lives upon the foundation of the Word of God uh, and and create an unshakable life. When the storms come, when the problems come in life, their faith remains intact. Then he talks about another life as well, a life that doesn't build its life, their life upon the Word of God, upon the foundation of Christ and the truth of the Word of God and uh, build that truth and that revelation into their lives. And as a result of that, when the floods and the storms of, of life come, their life and their faith falls over. And Jesus really is encouraging us today and I believe over the next few weeks as well, to really to begin to ask ourselves what sort of foundations are we building into our lives? Because the reality is we're living in a time today where our faith will be tested, where our foundations will be shaken. We're coming into an era and a time where where, where more than ever before, we are seeing the church of Jesus Christ shaken like never before. And that's why I believe it's so important that we take the time to look at our foundations and make sure that like Jesus said, we're building our lives upon the rock of his word amen so we want to look this morning at uh, the unshakable direction and I just wanted to read a little quote out of the movie uh, by Lewis Carroll Alice in Wonderland it says this little quote famous in the movie it says this it says one day Alice came to a fork in the road and saw a Cheshire cat in a tree I don't like cats which road do I take she asked where do you want to go was his response she said I don't know. Alice answered then, said the cat, it doesn't really matter. 
You know, you might have heard that popular quote uh, in that movie, but the, the thought about this is, is it's like a picture in life. It's, it's the direction of our lives is, is constantly changing and, and being adjusted according to the choices and the decisions that we make in life. Our choices and our decisions affect the direction that we take in life. Amen? And that's pretty much what was taking place in that little quote there. Where are you going? I don't know. But the problem is this. Sometimes we make bad choices, even devastating ones. And they can propel our lives down a path and a direction that we don't necessarily really want to go. So the thought is this. What do we do when we're going down a path we know we no longer want to be going down what do we do when we're heading down a direction in life that we don't want to any longer pursue that direction in life well i want to read some thoughts out of the word of god because the bible paints a picture of life being lived essentially in two opposing directions we're either following jesus or we're not We're either following him or we're not. And listen to what the Word of God says here in the book of um, Proverbs chapter 4. Gee, it's no fun getting older. I've just got to keep stepping further and further back from the pulpit. Now I can read it. I was at the doctor's the other day and I had to get a couple of things done. And the woman comes out and she says, "Uh, could you fill this form out? I said, good luck with that. I haven't got my glasses. Anyway, she shot through. I worked it out. I put the form on the chair and stood back, and I could read it. I tell you, you can't stuff us, guys. I tell you, we're amazing. But it says this. The Bible paints a picture about our lives and the direction of our lives. It says this in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. It says, The path of the righteousness is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. You know, it might sound oversimplified this morning, and we don't want to oversimplify things, but I think sometimes it's better to keep things simple. But the reality is is this, pretty much straightforward. We're either pursuing the path of light and truth, a.k.a. Jesus, or we're heading in the path of darkness. We're heading in the opposite direction. And the thought is this this morning, to begin to stay on the path of following Jesus brings us to many moments like the one in Alice in Wonderland where she got to choose which direction she needs to to take in life. And the difference between Alice and us is this, we know where each path leads, but the direction we get to choose. So this morning, how do we redirect the path if we're heading down a particular path that we're not quite sure about? Or we're feeling like we're heading in a direction today that may well be taking us away from a greater commitment to our relationship to Jesus Christ. And it comes and brings us to this thought this morning, the idea of changing direction and choosing the right path uh, and walking down the path that God has for us comes from the word that we find in the Bible and the word is the word repentance. Repentance. Coming back to that point where we're heading down a path that maybe we should not be going down or starting to head in a direction that's sort of erring us away from God, how do we come back to the right path that God has called us to? We come to that place of understanding the place of repentance in our lives. Amen? In fact, so much so we see in the, in the book of Matthew chapter 3, the first message uh, of, of John the Baptist, one of the great preachers uh, of the New Testament. He said this in Matthew chapter 3, he said, Repent! For the kingdom of God is at hand. 
Then we see in the early church, Acts chapter 2, verse 38, then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the riches of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. But most significantly this morning, it was also the first message that Jesus preached as well. Because we find in Matthew chapter uh, 4, verse 17, it says this, From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So this morning, we want to spend just a little bit of time. Is that all right with everyone? A little bit of time. We'll be finished by 11. A little bit of time looking at what does it mean to repent. Now, I'm saying with a smile because so many people today, especially in the church, think that repentance is a, is a dirty word. It's a bad word. No, repentance is a gift from God to us. Repentance is designed to keep us on the narrow path. Repentance isn't a bad thing. It's not an evil thing. It's a great thing that God has given us. Repentance has the ability to be able to save our souls as we come to that, that place of right relationship with God. So we want to look this morning at a few things. First, we want to look at this thought here. What does repentance mean? First thought about repentance. What does repentance mean? Repentance is a change of mind and heart over sin, resulting in a fresh direction away from sin and towards Jesus Christ in faith. That's what repentance is. But the thought is this, it's hard for us to admit when we're wrong, especially guys. Especially guys. I don't, all you guys are all fibbers out there this morning. Look at you with your proud, pious faces on. It's not me. I can say sorry when I need to. Rubbish, you cannot. You find it as hard as I do to say sorry and repent. Be honest this morning. But we can find it very difficult, especially guys. Even when we know we're, we're wrong, we try to find a way to make our right, uh, in, in, in our, to find a place of being right in our wrongness. That's why we try to justify ourselves. We minimize or shift blame for our wrongdoing. And I believe this is part of our fallen human nature. Uh, we're not alone. We all come to a place uh, at some degree. But the problem is this, this thought this morning. Unless we learn how to deal with our sin properly, we become experts at covering it. And that ain't a good thing. Unless we learn how to deal with our sin, repent, we become experts at covering it. And why is it a problem? Well, listen to what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13. It says this, Whoever conceals their sin does not prosper. But the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Whoever conceals their sin does not prosper, but the one who confesses their sin finds mercy. So the first point, number one this morning, what does repentance mean? Repentance is a change of mind and heart over sin, resulting in a fresh direction away from sin and towards faith in Christ. So the second thing we want to look at this morning is this. How does repentance work? How does it work in our lives? How do we apply it in our lives? And there's three little things we want to look. Repentance involves a change in mind and heart over sin resulting in ultimate change. We want to look at these three aspects. Firstly, um, point number one in how does repentance work is this. Firstly, it's a change of mind. It's about having a change of mind towards our actions, our attitudes, 
our words, whatever it is that, 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 that is, 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 is causing us to sin. Number one, first thing, it's about having a change of mind. In fact, Luke chapter 15, verse 17, the story of the prodigal son goes on to say this. But when he came to himself, he had a change of mind. He said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread and I, I perish here with hunger? Repentance begins with truth that confronts our conscience, leading to acknowledgement of our sin. This is what took place for the prodigal son. He came to a place where truth impacted him so much so it affected his conscience. That conscience turned to a change of mind. So that's the first thing, how repentance works. We get to a place where we start to have a change of mind. And there may well be people this morning in this place that need to have a change of mind about some of the things that might be taking us in a direction that is away from an ever-increasing love for Jesus Christ and a commitment to building an unshakable life. The second way that repentance works is this. Repentance, number two, is about a change of heart. So it's not only about a change of mind, it's also about... It might be smiling when I've said repentance. Have you been watching? Okay. Just remind me. Repentance. Change of heart. Listen to this thought here. I love this scripture here. 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter uh, 7, verse 10. A change of heart. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. It's not enough just to acknowledge our sin we need to grieve over it or to be sorry for our sin. It touches our emotions. We have an acute sense of sadness and as a result of the sin that we've committed, worldly grief is this, defined as this. Worldly grief is a sadness over the results of our sin but fails to commit to change. It leaves us in a destructive cycle, sin, acknowledgement, grief, repeat. Sin, acknowledgement, grief, repeat. Sin, acknowledgement, grief, repeat. That's worldly sorrow. It doesn't bear the fruits of repentance. But how many believers get caught up in that? Sin, acknowledgement, what was the next one that I said there? Sin, acknowledgement, grief, and repeat. But godly sorrow, listen to this this morning, church. Godly, godly grief involves true sorrow over our sin, producing the, the kind of life change we need uh, to acknowledge. Excuse me. So what we do now is we sin, acknowledge, sorrow, repent. There's a change there. And that's what repentance is about. It's about a change of mind and it's about a change of heart. It's turning away from one direction that we've been on and saying, before God, no longer am I going to continue down that path. I'm going to repent I'm going to turn my back on that path and now, Lord, I'm going to start to realign my life according to the purpose that you have for me. You get it this morning? Say, I got it if you got it. So the third little thing that we looked at, change of mind, it's about a change of heart, but it's also about a physical change as well. Acts chapter 2, uh, Acts chapter uh, 26, verse 20 to 21, it says this, uh, but declared first to those in Damascus... Then in Jerusalem, throughout all the region of Judea and also to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds in keeping with their repentance. For this reason, the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. But there, Paul starts to talk about the fruit of repentance, which is a change in behavior. Matthew chapter 3, verse 8 says this, but, uh, but excuse me, it says this in Matthew 3, verse 8 bear fruit in keeping with 
repentance. You see, you might see repentance as a, as a negative thing. God sees it as a very necessary thing today. So the final element in what does it mean to repent, the final element of repentance is a change in direction, turning from sin and walking to the direction most likely and directly opposed to it. Amen? So true repentance, not just saying, oh, sorry, God, for my sin, feeling condemned about it, and then going and doing it again. True repentance is coming to a place where we turn our backs on our sin and we walk towards God. So last little thought this morning, I've got six minutes to wrap it up. <laughs> Say good luck, Shane. Wait for you. We want to get out of here and try that swell coffee. I want to get my boat out. Last little thought this morning is this, when do I stop repenting? For many Christians, they rightly understand the need to repent in order to become a Christian. We get that, don't we? Don't you? The only way I can become a Christian is to repent of my sin. But listen to the great, um, one of the great fathers of our faith, Martin Luther, the great reform. He said this about repentance. He said, Our Lord and Master, Jesus Christ, willed that the whole life of the believer should be about repentance. Repentance is to be our way of life for a follower of Jesus. Jesus calls us to a lifestyle of repentance. He's not calling us to beat ourselves up or to clean up our act or try harder. Jesus just calls us to a radical change of heart all the time. You might be thinking this morning, well, what are the things that we need to repent of? That's between you and God. But I have found something that I thought is quite noteworthy to bring to our attention this morning out of 1 John uh, chapter 5, verse 21. Listen to what the author of John says, inspired by God. Uh, he says, little children, keep yourselves from idols. You're saying, well, Shane, idols is of the Old Testament. You know, the, the Baal and all the other things. That, that's all Old Testament stuff. Idols from the Old Testament doesn't really reply, apply to our lives today. Well, I would want to say this morning that, that, that I think that repenting from idolatry is still vital to our walk with Christ today. And I'll explain why. According to Scripture, our root problem is a problem of the heart. All behavioral problems, sins, can be traced back to a heart issue. And the Bible talks about the condition of our hearts more than anything else. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything flows out of it. And repentance and redirecting our lives is about keeping our hearts right. Amen? Today's idols... They can take many forms and, and often aren't physical idols like, like in the ancient times. Uh, an idol can be anything that is more important to us than God. Talked last week about my boat. People are saying, you've got an idol, Shane. I'm really starting to wonder. I just love that boat. Said last week, uh, if the Lord asked me to sell it, I have to sell it. Someone said, if the Lord tells you, can you ring me? <laughs> Serious, Steve. I said, you dirty rat. You dirty dog. 
And then someone else tried, David, uh, I've got a word for the Lord from you, uh, for you. You're supposed to sell your boat. I said, I said, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me. Always listen to what my wife says. But idols are anything that we allow to get into our hearts that become more important than the place of God, the place of Jesus Christ in our lives. And they can be all sorts of things. They can be reputation. can be approval. Success can be an idol in our lives. Comfort definitely is one of the big idols in so many people's lives today. Control and power, pleasure, sex, possessions, money must be potentially. How, how many Christians are, are absolutely hamstringed from doing all that God has asked them to do because of their love of money. How many today are not fulfilling the plan that God has because all of their trust is in their money? Jesus has no, possession, no problems with us having possessions as long as possessions never possess us. Amen? He has no problems with us having all the good things. But as long as all the good things don't have us. Turning from these idols and repenting and turning to Jesus in faith, I believe, are the key to keeping ourselves free from the things that will get into our heart and affect our relationship with Him. And this morning, you know, as we continue this journey, enjoying the journey of building an unshakable life, but maybe this morning there may be some of us in this place that are heading down a direction that we know if we continue down this path, it'll take us further away from staying on that narrow path that Jesus intended us to be on. And the question this morning as we conclude, if I could just have the keyboard, thanks. Are you happy with the path your life is currently on? Is it heading in a direction that it should be? Do you know for certain that the direction you're pursuing will lead to the fulfillment that your heart longs for? And the truth is this. Following Jesus means making a radical change in direction from pursuing our path to pursuing His path. It's how we begin our journey with Jesus and how we stay on our journey with Him. Amen? So many folk get drawn away even this morning this place should be five times as full as it needs to be this morning amen it should be this church and every other church in shell harbor should be packed to overflowing but you know what there are people here today not in this building but they're out there today that profess their their love for jesus as savior but by their lifestyle they deny him why because they've allowed the world and the love of the world and all the things the pleasure like, yes, it would be good to get up this morning and go fishing. Yes, it's a perfect day. It'd be great. But where's my priority? Where's my heart meant to be? In the boat, on the ocean, pulling in massive, big, big, humongous, massive, big dolphin fish. Like that big, you need a bigger boat to put them in. That's how big these dolphin fish are. I'm going, see you all. I don't catch very big fish. Or like all of us have done this morning, and I commend you today for making the choice to say, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. That's what it's about. That's what repentance is. It's a gift from God. It's 
not a scary thing. It's not a legalistic thing. It's not a ritualistic thing. It's about a heart thing. And this morning you might be here today and thinking, well, Shane, I, there's, there's a couple of directions in my world at the moment that I'm just not that thrilled about. Well, this morning, repent. Amen? Let's close our eyes and bow our head just for a moment, just to pray before the Lord today as we conclude. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you this morning that you so loved the world that you gave Jesus your son to die so that we could be forgiven. And Lord, we thank you today for our great salvation that we received upon the day that we came and we repented to you. We ask you to forgive us of our sins. And Lord, we thank you that we are secure at that place of repentance. But Lord, this morning, as there can be seasons and times in our lives where we allow other things to get into our hearts and to affect our relationship with you. Lord, I pray this morning, if there be people like that in this place, that you would help them, Lord, to come to the place where they repent. Jesus, you don't condemn us, and we are so thankful. You know us better than anyone else. You know our good days, our not-so-good days. You love us with an everlasting love, and we are so thankful to you. But Lord, help us today, through and by the gift of repentance, that we would just continue to come back to that place of redirecting our lives and building an unshakable direction that keeps us on that path. Hallelujah. Amen.